we actually have Stefan from Dream Data, another of our portfolio companies coming up next, who's also going to talk about um, how they use uh, content, but actually more specifically from a lead generation perspective. And, you know, I think what Anthony was saying is so relevant. Like content is not just about getting customers. It's also how you get investors. It's how you get people to trust you. Right. So it works across so many different layers. But Stefan is going to join us to talk about how they are using it and like very actively using it um, from a lead gen perspective at Dream Data. So Stefan, what's up? What's up? Uh, I'm pretty good uh, in my bedroom in Copenhagen. Nice. How's Copenhagen right now? Uh, I guess more more open than the UK, so <laughs> we're allowed to stay outside still. Uh, we kind of are for now. <laughs> for now, uh, Stefan, thanks so much for joining us. Um, over to you. Thank you. Uh, so I guess I'll just uh, jump straight into, I guess, oh, let me share my screen. So I have a lot of uh, slides uh, to to go through. Um, we, may have, we may have to whiz through some of them. Yes. Classic. Whoever uh, runs an event on time. We were doing so well. We were quite optimistic. Yeah. So you can just share these slides afterwards. But um, what I've done here is really to just um, like give examples of everything we've done the last uh, 12 months roughly. We raised our pre-seed round in July from Seed Camp and this summer we raised a seed round and all of this kind of content has been integral in like getting to the getting the leads we needed. Uh, I'll just minimize this and you know guys just write the questions as you hear them uh, or as you think about them. Um, won't spend a lot of time on me. I'm just Stefan, uh, one of the co-founders of Dream Data. Um, what we do is basically we solve all B2B marketers' uh, pains, which is there's so much time related to B2B. There's a lot of stakeholders involved and sales are normally a result of a team effort. And what, the way we solve it is we take all the data available in, in uh, one deals and uh, try to map it out and see what actually happened. I will not talk anything about that. The way I think about growth, I think I just want to share a few uh, words about it. And I think this goes for content, it goes for paid, it goes for sales and so forth. Uh, if no one knows about you, no one will buy your product. And I think this is something we as founders and marketers of startups needs to tell ourselves all the time because we might go to work and think about our little startup constantly. But in fact, most of the world have no clue about who we are. So we need to do a lot of activity to actually get in front of enough people to get people to buy our product. We also need to realize that we are going to probably fail on half or more of all the things we do. So we need to constantly test new stuff. And this is kind of the, the way kind of I run growth experiments is the way I run content is that we need to try. We just need to build that mindset of, okay, guys, we're going to have to try a lot of different stuff before we find kind of the recipe we need. And then I'm also a big uh, speaker for speed versus planning, because in startups, the biggest threat we have is that time runs out, money runs out, and we, <laughs> we're done. So sitting and spending months on planning is not going to give you anything you need. You need to go out and test stuff in the real world and do it fast because the plan you might have spent a lot of time on might not work. And then I try to only do marketing that is worth money. And the best thing you could do is that you can prove directly with data that we did this and we made this amount of money. 
If that's not the case, that's particularly not the case in a lot of B2B, then you might want to set up proxy activities, which means a demo call or an email sign up, or at least that drove somebody to the website. If you cannot establish a conversation in your team that why we are doing this leads to more revenue, I think you should stop it immediately. And then it's all about finding a recipe that works, trying to repeat it and then scale it. Uh, and then another thing, especially if you're doing B2B, is that you should be very careful about thinking about how long it actually takes to, t uh, to make money. What's the kind of time to revenue? How long does it take to get a new customer? For, for what we can see with our customers, it's, it's easily, e easily six months or so. So if you feel like uh, the head of marketing in your company is not doing his job because you're not selling anything, from the recent project he did. Think about how long it does an average journey actually take. So you cannot judge the activity in the month that you executed it, but you probably wanna monitor what comes out of that activity throughout the next year or so. And this is something we clearly see from, from the customers we have is that like certain channels play a certain role. So what you'll see when you start to spend a lot of money on paid marketing activities is that they're very rarely gonna be the last touch, but they can actually be starting a lot of journeys. But if you're judging them as the last touch, you might, want, you might close activities down that are actually working. So be aware about which activities play which role. Um, now, that's kind of my thinking on growth and content and marketing in general. Now I'm gonna talk specifically about lead generation uh, or how to fish with content. Uh, I think first of all, you should regard your website as your fishing boat. This is the place where you extract the value of your activities and your activities should point towards your fishing boat, which is your website, because on your website, that's where you do all your conversion. And that's where you do all your, what I call micro conversions and micro conversions can basically be okay, if I can at least push people to my website, then I can serve them cookies from all the ad platforms. And if they have this cookie, then I can retarget them. I have this, uh, this weird habit of checking out startups who run TV campaigns and going to their website and seeing if they've actually installed cookies from all these services. <laughs> and if, if they have not installed cookies from all these ad platforms while they run TV campaigns, you just know that they have no clue what they're doing. Uh, if you're really professional, you also start to store all these uh, information about who's visiting your website in your own database, but that's kind of a more advanced setup. The most very basic thing you can take from this is that if I have a website, I want to store, uh, I want to put cookies from these ad platforms on everybody who visits our website. So a good, a good example of micro conversions and why they're so important is that Airtame is the company I worked at before, uh, Dream Data. When I started there, the only thing you can do on the website, you could buy the product or you could leave the shop. That means that only 0.3% of the visitors that came to that website actually bought the product. Little by little, we added these micro conversions that led to the revenue growing significantly faster. So the book a demo, I think 0.3% also booked a demo. And out of those who booked the demo, we sold to 40% of those. So now you're looking at a conversion on 0.6%. The, 
then as we added the, uh, the chat, we started to see 1% of the visitors actually chatted with us. And I think up, up, up towards 2% of everybody who came to the website participated in that small contest we had running where we can pick up emails. So now your fishing boat is actually picking up close to two or 3% of all emails on two to 3% of everybody who visits your website. Whereas before, if your website only today is one micro conversion, then it's not creating all the value that it actually can do. And that makes the ROI of all your activities much harder to read a reach. Um, so <laughs> please, please, please focus on collecting emails because those emails are the ones that you're gonna extract value for, from for the next many years. And if you're not collecting people's emails, you cannot kind of, I think for a lot of businesses instances, uh, you cannot actually reach any positive ROI if you're not able to convert people into emails. Uh, as a small example of a, of a micro conversion that worked really well uh, for us in Dream Data is this, if you go to our website, you'll see this thing which is wrapped as a book. It is close to a hundred pages, I guess. <laughs> in terms of pages, it's close to a book, but it's actually just a design of a book where we've wrapped in uh, all the recent blog posts we've made. And when we introduced this, uh, this con micro conversion on our website, we went from, if, uh, yeah, somewhat uh, converting 10 emails per, week to like on an average week, we convert 25 to 50, 50 emails. Um, on a, our standard conversion, it's, we, got, we went from like converting 2% of the visitors to 5%, which means insanely much if you start uh, when you pay for ads and so forth. So just by adding this little silly thing that looks like a book, we're now 2xing the revenue or the, the ROI of the, the efforts we make. I hope this makes sense, guys. Just ask questions. Um, then I put down a question here. I could hear Anthony was speaking a bit about this as well. Uh, when you produce content, I think you can do it for at least two reasons. One bit is these kind of, you wanna optimize towards certain searches that people will be performing. Uh, that can be a very good tactic if there's a certain ser search behavior in your industry if you're selling running shoes, there's probably people Googling running shoes. If you're doing something, you can say innovative or yeah, new, something that has not been seen before, maybe you want to put more time and effort into actually explaining why this thing you do is so new and that might not have any kind of uh, search demand. So you'll need to actually work with that thought leadership piece to actually hit uh, media or communities, blogs, etc. just like Anthony said. Um, I think a, an, a mistake that I've made a lot uh, earlier in my career has been to focus a lot on, uh, I think most of you guys will be familiar with this short versus long tail where like the short search for a tomato plant will be just tomato plant, but you can also be searching, why am I tomato plants? turning yellow it can be those very specific searches and what i've seen is that you might if you're able to rank an article that can pull in a lot of traffic on a tomato plant it's still a lot of irrelevant traffic that you bring in and you end up not making any money on it 
if there's a high intent in those the articles that you write, that could be like, I want to buy this Nike running shoes and it should be red. The people who arrive with that intent on your website are going to be much more likely to provide revenue for you. Uh, should you be interested in, uh, you can say SEO covering the search intent in your industry, I can really recommend a tool called Hrefs, which is basically you can put in any search term that you kind of uh, think could be relevant for your industry. And then you can get answers to how many people are actually searching for this. And it can be a really helpful way to kind of, you can say, develop a content plan. It can be a way to copy the tactics that your competitors are running and so forth. Uh, the way I think about it mostly is that you want to be thinking about the tribe of people that you want to be addressing. If it's say you're selling surf, equi surf equipment, then it's kind of, it's probably a, some certain people that you want to be targeting. They go to certain events, they listen to certain podcasts, they're interested in certain gear, they look in certain magazines and so forth. You can make this list to inspire you what kind of stuff you need to write. Uh, and then you need to establish kind of a feel to when people actually come to our website through this, these SEO efforts, uh, does it actually lead to revenue? Uh, if it, you cannot prove that it leads to revenue, you want to be looking at, at proxies for revenue. Like, I, am I converting demo calls from these people who visit the website? Are they signing up to my newsletter and so forth? Um, this is an example from my old company. We wrote uh, alternative articles to established brands. So when people were searching for an alternative to the established brand, they would end up uh, on our website. And people who are searching for an established brand, but they're looking for an alternative to this established brand are, uh, you can say the intent that they come with to your website is super strong and it's uh, really people you wanna talk to. So you can start to make a list of the competitors you have or the established brand in your industry. And then you can make these simple articles that explains why your product, uh, how your product compares to uh, the established brand. That's a super valuable tactic. Uh, so that's kind of search behavior you can kind of mimic. Uh, then uh, thought leadership is kind of a, a different path and the path that I've spent the most time on um, at Dream Data. Uh, so this is more kind of articles where we've invented our own terms and try to put in front of marketers and growth people that would understand what I mean, what, what, what we're actually saying when, when we invent our own terms. So we invented the cost of waiting, times of revenue, traditional tracking and those kind of things. Um, and what we've then done is that we've searched out, uh, forums around the internet where uh, geeks like me who care about attribution would go to. Just uh, for example, growthhackers.com, which I think they send out a newsletter to, if I can minimize this. Yeah, 70,000 people would, would, would get the article if, they, if, if it was selected as uh, the best of the week. And we were lucky enough to secure it at one time. So we saw a big spike in terms of newsletters signed up on our website. So we said, okay, let's try to do that again and again. 
So that's kind of an example of we found a path that worked and we just continued to, to focus on copying it. Another thing that we've done a lot about is uh, getting into very niche uh, podcasts. And this is actually super easy to do. Um, you basically just go to Google and you write whatever topic is relevant for your industry. And then you write podcast after it and then search for it. And then you just, you know, send pitches to all these podcasts. You can also just open your whatever phone you're sitting with. I'm sitting with an iPhone and there it's called just podcast. And then you can actually browse the library of podcasts that you can reach out to. Now, this might not reach a lot of volume because a lot of, a lot of these podcasts are super small, but because there's, <laughs> they might be super small, but the listeners of a podcast called MarTech Podcast or uh, B2B Revenue Leadership are super, super, super relevant people for us. So even though it's just 100 listeners or 500 listeners, it can still be super relevant content for us to be part of so we get in front of those people, but we can also email these podcasts to the emails that we've already collected and help educate them further on what it actually is that we, uh, we do. We've also hosted uh, a bunch of webinars uh, where we kind of, you know, it doesn't take long to think about a topic, invite some speakers. And then uh, what we have done a lot is that we've just uh, taken, each founder have taken our LinkedIn and then we've invited everybody on our LinkedIn uh, to the webinars. And then that's kind of a way to kind of create a piece of content that doesn't give you revenue, but it gives you an email sign up where you can start to automate emails towards these people afterwards. So AJ down here says, thanks for this, Stefan. I'll try to join. Looks super interesting. <laughs> and <laughs> he was impressed by how the outreach was done and what I actually got. I just got an intern to, I gave my, LinkedIn to an intern and this intern then sat and every, invited everybody who worked with B2B marketing that I was connected to. So the resources we spent on this were super minimum, but I think we, for this particular one, we had like 250 participants. So super easy conversions. Uh, another thing you can do is you can write on partner sites. So for example, we have an integration to a tool called Segment. And I wrote to Segment's editor, if there's any way we can kind of find a piece of content that would be relevant for them to have that we could write. And they posted it on their blog and posted it on their social media and we can use it to rub our shoulders up against somebody who's bigger than us. So again, you can write relevant sites down that you would like to be featured on. And a lot of them is actually open for just having some blog post that could be valuable for uh, for them. Another thing we did is that we, we've sponsored uh, newsletters towards relevant crowds. So this one is uh, a website or I think yes it is. It's a marketing content aggregator called CEST, uh, C-E-S-T dot I-S. I'm not going to say what we paid for it because we got a good deal, but we got 200 people to download our ebook by yeah, just from this one single mail. So another 200 people were picked up. And again, this is this kind of tribal thinking is like the people we want to get in front of, what are they looking at on the internet? What are they reading? Who can have email lists that we want to get in front of? And then we just paid them to come get in front of them. 
And then uh, I think a main point also to what Anthony said is that quality matters a lot. The internet is, <laughs> so, there's so much crap on, and so much low quality on the internet that you really don't want to spend your time on producing low quality. So here's just two examples where like one of these growth guys that I followed actually wrote a question on Twitter and then somebody I don't know posted our ebook and then it's like, oh, that's nice. And another thing is, is just somebody who picked a, an article up that we made and put it into their newsletter and then pushed a lot of traffic to us. So if you do content, do spend a lot of time on the don't necessarily spend a lot of time on it, but make sure the quality that you produce is super high. And then the last bits is just, you know, test out different ways of doing content in your business. And as soon as you find something that works, try to repeat it and then scale it. Um, and then I guess my man mantra to all things growth is that you need to <laughs> aggressively scale what works because in a minute or two, your competitors have figured it out. Facebook ads becomes popular and it's too expensive and so forth. So I guess that's uh, my super short uh, pitch to why uh, content can drive a lot of uh, revenue. Stefan, thank you so much. That was so insightful and helpful. Um, they have amazing resources uh, on their website and uh, this ebook, which we will share with you. I think as well, like Mila, you asked a really good question about approaching forums and getting into their newsletters. I mean, Stefan, you can talk in more detail, but like Stefan is not afraid to hustle. Like when they have content that they want out, like he is like, in it on there like really help us get the word out on this and actually i like, write charming art a charming <laughs> post to you as well very charming about it but i can share this always on linkedin as well i'm like dude you have my email address um no but it's it's uh the reason i just bring it up is because i think like you know a lot of what you talk about in terms of actually how you're generating leads is pretty simple right it's literally going into google like putting the topic and just saying podcast or just putting newsletter and then creating like repeatable, um, you know, sort of content that you can send to these, you know, yeah. titles that you can get your brand in front of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and build a little bit of a, a thick skin because you are going to get a lot of no's. You've been kind, Natasha, but other people do say no. And, uh, but you, you, you need to ask a lot of people, but it's also like, if you've spent a lot of time and resources on producing something that is really good, you also need to get it in front of the right people. And, and that takes some effort as well. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I'm really conscious of time, but you know, Stefan is in the portfolio. He's one of, uh, you know, awesome leads at one of at dream data. So I'm sure if any of you have any questions, he would be volunteering you up. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Feel free to write on LinkedIn afterwards with the, uh, with any kinds of questions and you can share these slides as well. We will. Stefan, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it.